having heard your videos and been in constant touch with you one could see that the central idea of all your teachings is this you very lucidly have said you are not missing the secret you are missing the obvious and as we sit here to have a constructive discussion on a subject i propose that the most obvious here is not us humans but the space that we occupy the land that we sit on and for us humans as social beings the most obvious today is the phenomenon called global warming or climate change incidentally in the last two statements that one said one mentioned us humans the scientists the researchers the socialists who have tried to study this phenomenon have said have averred and polemically argued that the sole cause of this phenomenon is human it is an anthropocentric issue and by the virtue of being in touch with you one can also understand that spirituality too is anthropocentric it places mind at the center today this evening let's talk about spirituality climate change and this anthropos this human and udit ji all right what is it that you want to talk about we know man we also know this thing called climate change or climate catastrophe what is it specifically that you would want to discuss while going through some articles on the internet and a few uh, science journals i came across some kind of news which was very much alarming for me and somehow when i look at the world around when i look at the social media when i look at the people having their discussions in the cafeteria i usually never find this topic there and i have a few news articles with me some headlines that i want to you discuss. mean you don't find them discussing climate change at all these public places cafeteria malls and all these places i think it's very much in vogue now people are discussing discussing recently when this uh, climate strike thing mm-hmm. came into discussion since mm-hmm. last i guess 20th september 27 mm-hmm. this was very much in the news but mm-hmm. before that people usually this, this has been highlighted recently but even before that it's not uh, uh, something unknown or unheard of people are talking about it it's not that the discussion tonight needs to be related to raising general awareness on the topic let's go a bit deeper into it hmm? see what is it that you want to understand about it let's together explore but still i feel one thing here that maybe in the public purview hmm. the intensity of the problem hmm. the very magnitude at which it is hovering over us hmm. it's not very much clear okay so for example i was going through one of the science journals and i found a very uh, 
article from a uh, United Nations uh, mm. Institute, mm. and there they were speaking of that if we actually want to stop some irreversible change happening from climate change, mm. we just have only 11 years to take action. Okay. And just after that, I came across a BBC report, mm. and there they said that uh, when we say 11 years, mm. we think as if we have a lot of time, mm. but to achieve that target of 11 years. Mm. We need to act right now, right now. and mm. to have those policies intact, we mm. have just 18 months. Okay. It is from the time when this article was written. Right. So basically they were referring to 2020, 2020. Mm. Mm-hmm. And after that I also had a look over a letter which was written by a union of concerned scientists and these scientists were from USA. They had written a letter in 1992 when initially climate change was actually for the first time came into the international debate. And there they wrote an article, uh, letter and there they said that if we are not going to take some actions, some measures in coming years, then this will be a huge issue and saving people from those catastrophic disasters would be irreversible and irreplaceable. Mm. And recently in 2017 they wrote another article that even after raising that first warning, this time 15,000 scientists came together and wrote mm. that article mm. and there they said that even after that first warning in 1992, mm. at this point in time till 2017, mm-hmm. all the graphs are rising mm. towards the sky. Mm. So even when the common man at times is speaking about this issue, mm. or maybe we are having so many summits and so many conferences, we are mm. taking pledge mm. and also talking about cutting emissions and everything, mm. I do not see that very intensity in their daily actions maybe so do i gather from your statements that uh, the phrase climate change has entered the popular vocabulary the popular culture yet on the ground very little action seems to be taking place and even if action is taking place it is largely symbolic and is not yielding any concrete results. Hmm? Do I gather this? All right. Yes. So now, what is that want to say? Even when we go further into this, Hmm. we'll find that the kind of things that are in the public purview, Hmm. that you know, doing these things will save us from climate change. Right. I see a lot of strikes, demonstrations. Hmm. I see people wearing t-shirts. I see them raising placards. Yes. There I see that people are talking about things like, you know, maybe having your ACs at 22 degrees Celsius, right, 24 degrees Celsius. Right, right. But that's useful. That's, no? that's no? useful, yes. Hmm? Apart from that, people will speak of maybe using public transport. and That too is useful. Yes, it's definitely hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And maybe they speak of um, not using plastics and that is very much useful. That's nice, yes. That's hmm. also a problem. Hmm. But even after that, hmm. I actually went further into researching hmm. and there is a particular organization which is by the name climate action track right and, ac- and according to them at this point in time the kind of measures we are taking mm. it is going to take us to 4.1 degrees celsius of global warming mm. by the end of the century mm-hmm. and which is totally beyond the permissible limit or rather mm-hmm. the one we are mm-hmm. aiming at mm-hmm. 1.5 mm-hmm. degrees mm-hmm. so what i hear from you so far is this that uh, the alarm bells were first rung sometime in the later half of the last century, 1970s, 1980s was the first time when some scientists first raised the concern. 
and since then the intensity of the call from the scientific community has only risen and it has reached popular culture now, it has penetrated popular media. People are talking about it, teenagers and kids know about it and yet you see a bleak future. Why do you say so? When everybody is talking about it, when you see people coming out in the streets, hmm? holding strikes, having demonstrations, conducting awareness camps. Hmm? I met a bright fellow, he handed over a pamphlet to me and it spoke about all the right things. So, isn't it uh, encouraging that uh, these things are happening and the public at large is now much more aware than it was, let's say, two decades back? Maybe it is increasing, but it is not increasing at the rate the catastrophe is okay. okay. So, so that's what you want to talk about, all right. So, what you are saying is that what is happening really on the ground, hmm? beyond all the banner work and all the studio work hmm? and all the headlines and TRPs is very little and very late. Hmm? Is that what you are saying? Yes. All right. So, what is it that you want to now know? Why is it so? Why is it so little and why is it so late? Why is it happening in the first place? Unless you first want to know why it is happening in the first place, how would you be able to mitigate it? Why do you think it is happening? It what? The whole phenomena of what you call as climate change and the related problems, collapse of ecosystems, biodiversity loss, loss of forest cover and, and so many other things. Do we really need to talk about that or are we beginning with the assumption that people no, are aware? No, I think we need to first of all understand where is all of this coming from. Because we didn't see this happening since the advent of civilization. Anthropogenic climate change is a very, very recent thing. Hmm? less than two centuries old, right? It came along with the industrial revolution and it made its presence felt only in the last century. Before that, there is no evidence, no trace and actually no global warming. Why is it happening first of all? Why do we see it happening today? I find this word very interesting, anthropogenic. Because here we are not just talking about this particular emissions that are happening, but also the worldview that we have. Mm -hmm. Because to us, everything is for our use. Okay. So we had industrial revolution. So yes. the major purpose was increasing the productivity. Mm -hmm. So that maybe the you know people can be employed. The mass, the goods must reach to the masses, maybe in lower right. cost and everything. Right. And right from there. It is simply increasing and increasing and increasing. Mm -hmm. The population is one more mm. indicator towards that. Mm. The human population has been increasing since that time. So, 
sorry for interrupting has something special happened in the last 200 years beyond the mills and the furnaces and the emissions something special why do we see this thing happening today itself if it is related to man do we want to say it is related to man's mills or related to man's mind we would be tempted to say it is related to man's mills since the mills took over we have started seeing a lot of carbon and sulfur and nitrogen in the air do we want to start there or do we want to go back further so it would be very tempting to say that man has been doing fairly all right and uh, it's the mills that came along the track of civilization and industrial development and now they are causing this nuisance but the mind that brought about the mills would surely be able to mitigate the effect of the mills as well isn't that tempting to say so that's one thing you could begin from where the mills come this or this would be the sociological or structural or purely economic way of looking at it i want to go further back you see who is man i keep on saying man is a continuous dissatisfaction man is a continuous incompleteness man is someone who doesn't quite like himself as he is where he is what he is that's how man is that's how his basic physical bodily constitution is hmm? now there is a line of thought that does not really encourage man to go into his dissatisfaction or restlessness or incompleteness rather wants to use the restlessness as an engine of material progress you know you are restless for material goods go ahead obtain those goods obtain more material wealth for yourself and you'll feel better and then there is a line of understanding which says unless you know who is going out to satisfy himself via the world there would be no point venturing out don't you first want to know who you are and what your motivation is and where the whole thing is coming from and then you may proceed with whatever you want to do obviously you have understood we are looking at the and the 
occidental modes of perceiving the self and the world. When the ego does not quite understand itself, then it has no option but to proceed on an outwardly journey. Journey is a very sober and calm world. The ego merely does not journey. It tramples, it devastates, it blasts away everything that comes its way. It wants to be satisfied. In other words, it wants to be happy. It wants to be happy using material. And material has not been known to give the ego or the self lasting satisfaction or happiness. So the result is more and more consumption of whatever the ego can lay its hands on. Some interim episodes of happiness are obtained and they keep the hope of lasting satisfaction alive. So man goes on capturing, conquering and consuming. Hmm? What does man capture? What does man conquer? What can he consume? When man looks outside, as his senses make him to, what does he see? If you look here and there, what is it that you can see? Natural world. Okay, the natural world. What is it that you can see when you when you look outwards? You see the material. You see material. Can you uh, elaborate? What all kinds of material can you see? You see humans, you see trees, you see, trees, birds, you see, you see birds, you see plants. Okay. And obviously you see man-made stuff. So you see man, you see man-made stuff and you see so-called natural stuff, which I call as prakritic stuff. Can I divide and capture everything that can be seen? in these three divisions, man, man-made objects and so-called natural objects. Is there anything else that you can see? Hmm? So when man wants to consume, he does not spare any of these three from his lust for consumption. It is obvious, right? I am hungry, I am dissatisfied. I want to consume. 
and I do not know what is it that would appease me, make me happy, quench my thirst. So, I will try out everything. Any guess is as good as any other guess. I cannot just spare anything. It is a matter of deep inner unrest. I have to try out all possible ways. So, man tries out all possible ways. Who is this man? Just to put the whole thing together. Who is this man? This is the man who is coming from a mode of thinking that lays no emphasis on understanding oneself. It is much more concerned about the outer world. And of course, when it is concerned about the outer world, there would be great progress in science and technology in everything that can be seen outside. So, this man is coming from that domain of thought. He will not look at the thing called the ego. He will not look at the self. It is not very interesting and it is tedious. Why look at the self? Also, it is humiliating at times. Hmm? Especially if you are a philosopher. It is great to philosophize about this and that. But if you start philosophizing about yourself, it does not turn out too good. So, you want to think about, oh, money, masses, dialectics, nations, communities, modes of production, what not. You want to think about all these things. What is it that you want to strictly avoid? You want to avoid looking at yourself. Firstly, that is not very interesting to the uninitiated mind. Secondly, it can turn out to be uh, humiliating. You can have a lot of grandstanding when you point fingers at this and that and say, I know who you are, I know who you are. There is no grandstanding when you look at yourself and say, I do not know who I am. So, it is a compulsion with this man who comes from that line of thinking to keep proceeding only outwards and he finds these three categories outwards. There is man, there is man-made objects and then there are the trees and the animals and the rivers and the mountains. What is he going to do with all these three categories? Can he spare any or either of the three? Why must he? Why must he? He will try out everything because he does not know anything. When you do not know anything, you have no option but to try out everything, obviously. When you do not know where your redemption lies, you will knock at every door. And these are the doors that are available to the man who proceeds outwardly in order to make himself happy. If I am proceeding towards the world to make myself happy, these are the three domains I will encounter. I will encounter human beings, I will encounter animals, birds, rivers, trees, 
एंड आर एनकाउंटर मैन मेड ऑब्जेक्ट कार्स बिल्डिंग्स क्लोथ्स गैजेट्स वॉट विल आई डू इन ऑल दीज वॉट ऑप्शन डू आई हैव डू हैव एन ऑप्शन आई एम हंग्री आई एम अनहैपी एंड आई डोंट नो फ्रॉम वेयर वुड हैपीनेस कम सो डू आई हैव एन ऑप्शन वॉट एम आई गोइंग टू डू विद ऑल दीज थ्री आई एम गोइंग टू ईट दम अप दैट्स वॉट मैन हैज बीन डूइंग नॉट सेंस द लास्ट टू सेंचुरीज not since the mills came about he has been doing this since he has been known to be conscious that's what he has been doing he wants to eat up everything now what is the result then when man eats up man the result is population what is this population the woman goes out and eats up the man hmm you have babies the man goes out and wants to eat up as many women as possible you have babies right so from the drive to consume first of all come babies when the object of consumption is a human being right the next object of consumption is man made objects because they too are available why must i spare them so when man wants to consume man made objects the result is he guzzles up fossil fuel give me more diesel give me more petrol where else would the energy come from i want buildings i want to consume and whatever you want to consume has to be firstly manufactured how will i manufacture it i don't have energy and energy from any of the sources as we currently know is carbon intensive even the so called green energy has a strong carbon footprint when seen in totality hmm? so when man consumes man made objects again the result is more consumption and more carbon and then man says i will consume the natural world as well why should these folks roam about happy and untouched maybe they can make me happy, they can make me happy. how about some beef how about more corn how about turning a great banyan tree into a bonsai i want it in a little pot i'll keep it in my bedroom Hmm? Are you getting it? How about developing a delectable waterfront by the side of a great river? I'll go there and satisfy my senses. And what is the waterfront all about? Tons and tons of cement. Tons and tons of cement. I'll consume everything. and if you will look at these three types of consumption you will understand what climate change is in all its totality nothing drives climate change except these three man consuming man and when i say man i mean mankind huh? it's not a gender specific thing 
when I say man consuming man that gives birth to unsustainable populations, when I say man consuming man made objects that is what is meant by generally meant by the level of consumption hmm? and when I say man consuming the natural world that is what is meant by loss of biodiversity, excessive fishing, extension of species and what not. So, that is the overall framework. Hmm? You cannot look at any small part of it, you have to go to the very basis of it. The very basis of climate change is the constitution of man himself. It is not a specific activity of man that is leading to climate change. Hmm? And do grill me on this, I just do not want to uh, go away untested. I want both of you to question me on this, I would love to have a clearer understanding. But this is my thesis so far. The very constitution of man is such that he is bound to destroy everything. It is just that sometimes he calls his destruction as construction. Real construction is something totally different. It does not come from that line of thought which prohibits man from looking at itself. Real construction or real creativity comes from another mind which due to the various vicissitudes of history could never gain enough prominence or power to guide the course of history. That kind of mind has sometime, sometimes been found in the Orient though it is fairly lost now. So, man as he is, is climate change. So, climate change is not merely man made, climate change is man's compulsion. Man cannot help climate change, man is climate change. If you have this big a hole in your heart, what else will you do? You will use the entire universe to plug this hole. And if you find this planet earth too little to fill up your hole, then you will proceed towards other planets. Of course, man is the only animal blessed with intellect. So, you can do that, you can do that. You can now go and colonize Mars and you can say we have eaten away whatever there was to be eaten on the earth. Now, it is the turn of another planet, gobble it up. You will consume. Why did not then you see climate change in the entire history of mankind, but for the last two centuries? Because man's science and technology were yet not developed enough to show their true colors. Science is not something that happens suddenly. Science is gradual. 
it is a body of knowledge that travels from generation to generation and scientist to scientist. Hmm? One scientist stands upon the shoulders of the other, as someone famously said. It was not about the intent, it was about the capability. Very right. The intent was always, always there. there to eat up everything available. He didn't have the weapons in it. The his weapons mind. were not there. Now the weapons are available. The weapons have become available only since the last 100, 200 years. Now the weapons are being used. Had the weapons become available, hmm, let's say by some freak of nature, by some freak of history, at any time over the last several centuries, the result would have been the same. The result would have been just the same. Man is fundamentally an animal and far worse than an animal. An animal is alright in the confines of the jungle. Hmm? He wants to eat things up, but then he wants to eat only in a limited way. And his hunger is physical rather than psychological. So when a gorilla gets a fruit, the fruit is enough. When a gorilla gets a fruit, the fruit is enough because the hunger is in the stomach, not in the mind. Man's hunger is not so much in the stomach, it resides in his mind. And no fruit is enough. when it comes to the mind. So, man has been destroying everything he can touch. Hmm? And climate change is the most recent, the most devastating and probably the most final symptom of it. Hmm? Are you getting it? So, that's how I would look at it. Obviously, what I have just muttered is far too sketchy, scattered and incomplete. So, over the course of this discussion, we need to improve it, fill it up with details and take it deeper. But I have a strong opinion here that superficial attempts to tackle climate change are not merely insufficient but are actually part of the problem. And superficial attempts will always be there when the understanding itself is superficial. If you do not understand what climate change is, if you do not understand what climate change is, how will you tackle it? Climate change, I say, is the most devastating, most complete and the most final expression of who man really is. Very lucidly explained Acharya ji and that was indeed very radical 
to those who are involved in the climate strikes that are ongoing right now if one could scrutinize your thesis statement basically you are saying that the intrinsic nature of man slash humankind slash mind is that it is going to be violent to anything that is seemingly an object to it am i to infer that you are saying that a there is a divide between the inside and the outside and this journey yeah. which is not really a journey yeah. which is an exploitative journey is outside and because it is not inside hence all of this is happening so what is See, the way to really go inside in ideas does he not hmm. animals don't live in ideas man lives in ideas man is his own idea gone wrong man is his own flawed idea the idea needs to be corrected we don't live a life if you really see what we are living out is an idea and that's why lives differ in the little ways they can given that the fundamental idea is the same hmm? so acharya ji can we say that it is out of ignorance and not intend that man is doing all of this if if realization yes, ignorance uh, at the conscious level and deliberate mischief at the subconscious level it's not that the option to really understand what all this is about climate change and all the the ills that plague mankind is not available to man it is available but there would be so many who would be switching off their screens at this moment in time if they are watching me but acharya ji you this is deliberate mischief i'm sorry yes please you began by saying that the, this restlessness is going to ensure that the mind moves out yes the it mind doesn't have the choice to go inside yes so the tv is going to get switched off it's predestined yes it's but then we have had instances in human history and surely such instances are available even today when the tv does not get switched off it's just that those instances are few and far between and i said they have not been empowered they have not been privileged they have never gained prominence but that is possible so what is it that which shows the way inside which 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 tells the mind to not go outside entering my domain no then it becomes a discussion on core spirituality rather than worldly issues is this divide between the inside and the outside is it merely a divide of the direction or is it a divide of ontology itself it is a divide of the idea that man man holds of himself whenever the man will say self and the world it's all gone wrong already whenever man will say self and the world everything has been destroyed the self has been destroyed and the world has been destroyed now it's a matter of time before the destruction becomes manifest that's the flawed idea in my world we call it duality dwait whenever there are these two the self and the world the self will have no choice but to satisfy itself upon the world there is me there is the world the world is both a threat and an opportunity i must defend myself against the world by rising materially and 
by fortifying myself and the world is also a delicious opportunity. Why not exploit it? Why not make the most of it? After all, you know, I am going to be alive only for a few decades. Is a fellow not entitled to have a good time? Let me have a good time. Give me some steak. Let's burn those jungles. If that makes me happy. And it does make me happy. I want land. I want farms. I want ranches. The moment there is this dichotomy, the self and the world, and this dichotomy lies at the core of all Western philosophy. By that I do not mean that the ones who are responsible for this problem are all philosophers. They are not philosophers. They have just been indoctrinated in philosophy subconsciously. The philosophy of a place is in its very air, is in the vibes. And you just soak it in. The central problem is man's idea of himself. Till man keeps calling himself as an entity distinct from the world, hmm? as someone who has come to the world and will one day depart from the world, he is bound to have a hostile and exploitative relationship with the world. Pardon me, Acharyaji, I will just take the discussion slightly backwards. From where do you draw this understanding of the man, of this restlessness, of the inner compulsion to go out and exploit? I just observe. Do you draw it from self-observation or from the scriptures that... The scriptures validate what I see. The scriptures too have arisen from observation. It's very easily observable. Every bit of consumption that man does is carbon intensive, is it not? And of the three legs of consumption that I just mentioned, hmm? consuming man-made stuff, consuming trees and animals and fish and mountains and trees and, and rivers, and consuming other men and women. Nobody wants to talk about this elephant in the room, consuming other men and women. And when we take this discussion further, we will probably be a bit surprised to see that it is this leg of consumption that is the most responsible for the climate adversity that we see and is the most ignored one. Do I call it ignorance? Do I call it deliberate mischief? People talk about cutting down on consumption of air conditioners and cars. People also talk about planting trees and not cutting down trees. But nobody wants to talk about the gorilla in the room. Well, there are many, but the biggest one. Hmm? Nobody wants to talk about the 
consumption of one body by another body and the happiness that it seems to bring. and the resulting numbers it is bound to create. And all animals do that. Man is not the only animal who does that. It is just that man is intellectually much more capable. His intellectual ammunition is devastating. So, he does that on a scale that is just not possible for animals. Animals too consume the bodies of fellow animals. Animals too consume trees and mountains and rivers. They do, do that, don't they? But man does that on a much, much greater scale and animals feel satisfied once they have done what they have done. Man's problem is in spite of consuming fellow human beings, gadgets and trees and rivers and animals on a scale that is a million times bigger, he still does not feel satisfied. I want to interrupt in between. Uh, with the entire discussion up till now, uh, you used two words initially that man is bound to do this if he has that kind of outlook towards the world, looking at the material world and also that it is in this very constitution. The moment I hear these two words, it feels like that as if the man who is just looking at the outside world has no capacity to stop at these three consumptions, these three levels of consumptions. But as, my, as I move forward with the data and everything, I see that since 1960s, the rate of population increase is decreasing up till now. And it has also been seen that if, uh, especially women, are educated even in the worldly stuff, in the yeah. basic economics and everything, it has been seen that the uh, fertility rate increases as their um, education increases. For example, if a woman is just maybe studied till uh, graduate level, the fertility level is high. If the woman is postgraduate level, the fertility level is low. So somehow it gives up promising fact. What do you say about the carbon footprints of those nations, Udit, where the fertility rate is the lowest? Let's talk about the US, let's talk about Europe. Obviously, right? The fertility factor there has come down to 2.1, 2.2, sometimes even below 2.0. Hmm? So their carbon emissions must have surely now decreased and they must be surely now very, very green countries. Oh, that's the thing with consumption. If you don't consume one thing, you will feast on something else. So, there are the poor countries. They don't have goodies to feast on. They don't have gadgets and the buildings and the cars and all the goodies. Hmm? So, what do you find there? Population. You have population there. And then you have countries where the population growth has been limited, yet there is unlimited carbon release. So, it is not about population, it is not about gadgets and it is not about vegetarianism or veganism. 
it is about man's fundamental tendency to see himself as incomplete and take care of that incompletion through consumption till you do not address that man will consume so you may have a man or a woman in japan who is now empowered literate has all the means to take care of his or her fertility so you don't find much population growth there but has that i'm asking you resulted in an overall shrinking of the carbon footprint not at all because if you do not want to have happiness through kids you will have happiness through gadgets in fact it is because you want to have more happiness through gadgets so you refuse to have kids you say oh kids are such a hassle you know i want to live life and enjoy life and have the big life so you don't have kids but what are you doing you are going ahead and exploiting the entire world and releasing carbon you will release carbon in some way or the other if not through begetting kids then through doing something else don't you see that people are not refusing to have kids because they have become wiser they are refusing to have kids because they want to have a more happy life not a more wise life not a wiser life but a happier life further if you rely on these things yes obviously the world population is going to uh, stabilize by the end of this century today we are 8 billion the population will stabilize at 11 billion will that make you happy there is not going to be a fall we are talking of still moving from 8.5 8 to 11 we are not in 8.8 we are at 8 and we are talking of moving to 11 and we were 2.5 in the 1950s or 1960s from there we have come to 8 and we are traveling to 11 so it is not that literacy and uh, uh, material welfare and accessibility to birth control measures has a greatly positive effect when it comes to climate change a country develops the fertility rate falls but the carbon footprint expands have you not seen it the country develops the fertility rate falls but nevertheless the carbon footprint expands so those who talk of population alone are mistaken those who talk of material consumption alone are mistaken and those who talk of food habits and food choices alone are also mistaken because none of them is seeing the bigger and total picture none of them is seeing that eating animal flesh and feasting yourself on your wife's flesh repeatedly are somewhere the same thing 
none of them are seeing that your tendency to go to the mall and buy the latest gadget and then go to the food court in the mall and have the most delectable meals is the same. Is it any coincidence that a shopping mall offers both? You can have everything nice to wear, you can have everything nice to watch and you can have everything nice to eat. And we very well know that food choices are responsible for probably a third of all carbon emissions. Are they not? Hmm? Where are food choices coming from? Food choices are coming from exactly the same place. This uncontrolled population is coming from. Food choices are coming from exactly the same place our obsession with GDP growth is coming from. They are all coming from the center that says happiness can be had through more and more stuff. The stuff could be a kid in the family. The stuff could be the latest recipe on the internet or the stuff could be the latest laptop in the market. But it's all about stuff. Nobody wants to talk about man's tendency to have stuff. And even if you don't want to go that deep because it becomes, you know, uncomfortable. At least talk about the most important leg among these three legs, the one that we are deliberately ignoring. Hmm? Talk about the taboo that living single is in most of the world still. Talk about the concept of the full nest that pervades the developing and the developed world much the same. I am hmm? there, I have a woman in my life and I must have a couple of kids, you know. That's what makes for a happy life and obviously a house full of goodies to keep the three or four of us happy. That's global warming for you, the happy nest, the concept of the happy family. It seems that in the upcoming episodes, we won't be talking about global warming as such. We'll be dealing... No, we need to talk about that and we need to substantiate what we have just said with facts and figures. Otherwise, it remains a mere man's opinion. But Acharyaji, if the tendency to go out instead of looking in is there, what facts, what figures will convince... At least we should know what is the result of going out. About that, you can have facts and figures. I see that is already ready with so much. Surely, these are not stuff or, or, or data pieces related to meditation. It's about what results when man proceeds on this wild adventure called the pursuit of happiness. Global warming is the result of our various pleasures and happinesses. Till the time we keep thinking that the objective of man's life is to be happy and happy in an external way. You will have climate change and you will have this sixth or seventh mass extinction that is very much upon us. But 
as we see the timeline that we have to act is very small and that is why we must talk about the real thing half hearted or superficial measures are not going to work now hmm? you cannot have somebody set his ac to 22 instead of 16 and then feel proud that he is contributing to the climate movement hmm? that is mere self deception all right so we have to go to the core of the problem see where everything is coming from and there we might be able to discover something authentic hmm? i don't know yet i too will discover that as i speak to you in the course of this conversation right uh, we have laid the foundation we will inspect the foundation we will we will check it we will verify it and then we'll try to raise something on it right but we do realize the magnitude of the project because the man is on a pleasure trip and just amid obviously. the pleasure we are going to obviously. nudge him and say dude stop obviously. that obviously obviously you need satisfaction hmm. but if you are looking for it where you are currently looking for it then the results will be what they currently are we need to find out an alternative and we don't need to just go berserk and blind we need to substantiate every step with as much data as possible all this all this needs to be shown and discussed and and provided to the audiences who would be listening to this right we'll be doing that and yes it's a good beginning let's carry forward it